Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today. And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. Today is January 13th, 2022, and our first story, the leader of the Oath Keepers has been arrested and charged with seditious conspiracy, along with 10 other members of the organization. Things are dramatically escalating in this country. It's 2022. It's an election year. So get ready for more. In our next story, nearly 300 doctors and scientists call on Spotify to stop Joe Rogan with a misinformation policy. They really want him banned. And in our last story, Joe Biden begs big tech and the corporate press to censor dissent and what he calls disinformation. Now, before we get started, leave us a good review and give us five stars if you really like the show. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends because word of mouth is the best way to help a podcast grow. Now, let's get into that first story. In a dramatic escalation of the ongoing political crisis in this country, the leader of the Oath Keepers militia, along with 10 other members, have been arrested and charged with seditious conspiracy against the United States. This stems, of course, from the January 6th riot. Now, many people on the right are questioning the timing of this. It was not that long ago that the FBI said there was scant evidence of coordination to enter the Capitol and disrupt anything. But now, With these charges, the DOJ is saying this group did conspire to disrupt an official proceeding. Since the start of the January 6th committee hearings and the arrests that took place on that day, there have been no arrests or charges related to anything pertaining to an insurrection, sedition, or a conspiracy until now. Now, many people on the right said this is evidence that it was not an insurrection, that this was just a riot. And if you look at the photos, I'll tell you this, they're bad. While it is true that many people were let in and they bumbled in and walked in and were acting rather um, tactlessly, I'll put it that way. There were many people fighting with police, attacking cops and trying to break their way in through the tunnel entrance of the Capitol building. It was bad, but perhaps it was just a riot. Now, I think it's fair to say that there always was an intention to charge people with something more than just trespassing. And there may be a good reason Well, not a good reason, but a good reason for Democrats in the establishment as to why they waited so long. In 2021, 
If they had arrested these people and charged them with insurrection, the news cycle would have ended. We would have talked about it. We would have got bored with it. And that's two years until the midterms. So as they say, a year, two years, that's an eternity in electoral politics. The best thing for the establishment, for the bureaucratic and administrative state, is to make all of these arrests and have all of these charges come in an election year, which is now. I've warned all of you, 2022 is going to get crazy. Timcast IRL, we got swatted. I know, I'm sorry for mentioning it so often, but isn't that serious? And we've been dealing with cyber attacks, trying to take down our network, actually knocking our show off the air. There are death threats against prominent individuals in government. Things are getting insane. I don't know what's going to happen. But I can tell you, censorship, smears, harassment, and criminal prosecution will be rampant this year. I'd say, in my opinion, but we're watching it right now, 13 days into 2022. There are several strategies we'll see take place. They're going to attempt to silence individuals who promote anti-establishment figures, and by any means necessary, up up to and including criminal charges and false allegations. And they'll try to drain the resources of these individuals. We see this with people like Alex Jones. But I think it's going to get bad. They're going to try to disqualify members of Congress so they can't even run. And they're going to be ramping up criminal charges. Now, I'll be the first to say, if these guys did engage in some kind of conspiracy, then by all means, prosecute them. Lock them up. I mean it. But you're going to need some real evidence. I'm going to need some real evidence. And right now, it seems the only evidence is a handful of people who are being effectively tortured, as it was described, even by Democrats, them flipping and saying, oh, yeah, we did actually plan that. Mm, Really? You see, many people who were arrested on January 6th were dealing with torturous conditions. It was so bad, even Democrats came out to defend them. So I wonder, perhaps the reason we aren't seeing any charges until now was because it took this long of uh, uh, this long to abuse the, the, the people in jail into giving false testimony. I'm not here to diminish these arrests. I'm not here to push any conspiracy theories. These guys were there. And if there's evidence to, to back up the claims made by the DOJ, then so be it. By all means, absolutely arrest them. But I think it's fair to point out that as contentious as things have become in this country, We're going to see a lot of dirty games. And now the Democrats have their official sedition and insurrection narrative. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com where you can read this story, but also become a member by clicking the sign up button to support our work, our fierce and independent journalism videos like this. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive members only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast. We have a we had a bunch of uh, really amazing guests as of recent. We had Marjorie Taylor Greene. You're going to want to see what she has to say. And that's all at TimCast.com. So be, again, become a member. But don't forget, like this video right now. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Let them know what's going on. Now, let's read this news. We got TimCast.com reporting, breaking Oath Keepers leader and 10 members charged with seditious conspiracy over January 6th. The charges stem from the organization's involvement in the January 6th protest at the Capitol last year. Rhodes, 56, was arrested in Little Elm, Texas on Thursday. Quote, a federal grand jury in the District of Columbia returned an indictment yesterday, which was unsealed today, charging 11 defendants with seditious conspiracy and other charges for crimes related to the breach of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, which disrupted a joint session of the U.S. Congress 
that was in the process of ascertaining and counting the electoral votes related to the presidential election, the Justice Department said in a press release about the arrests. They're going to mention uh, the other individuals who were named. Rhodes and Vallejo did not have prior charges related to January 6th, but the others had been previously arrested. Quote, eight other individuals affiliated with the Oath Keepers, all previously charged in the investigation, remain as defendants in two related cases. All defendants except Rhodes and Vallejo previously were charged in a superseding indictment. The superseding indictment has now effectively been split into three parts. The 11 defendant seditious conspiracy case, a seven defendant original case, and a third case against one of the previously charged defendants, the statement continued. The 19 total defendants have all been charged with corruptly obstructing an official proceeding. Only 11 are facing the seditious conspiracy charge. Quote, the seditious conspiracy indictment alleges that following the November 3rd, 2020 presidential election, Rhodes conspired with his co-defendants and others to oppose by force the execution of the laws governing the transfer of presidential power by January 20th, 2021, the DOJ said. Beginning in late December 2020, via encrypted and private communication applications, Rhodes and various co-conspirators coordinated and planned to travel to D.C. on or around January 6th, 2021, the date of the certification of the Electoral College vote, the indictment alleges. Rhodes and several co-conspirators made plans to bring weapons to the area to support the operation. The co-conspirators then traveled across the country to the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area in early January 2021. The DOJ added, the defendants conspired through a variety of manners and means, including organizing into teams that were prepared and willing to use force and to transport firearms and ammunition into Washington, D.C., recruiting members and affiliates to participate in the conspiracy, organizing trainings to teach and learn paramilitary combat tactics, bringing and contributing, contributing, uh, bringing and contributing paramilitary gear, weapons, and supplies, including knives, batons, camouflage, combat uniforms, tactical vests with plates, helmets, eye protection, and radio equipment to the Capitol grounds, breaching and attempting to take control of the Capitol grounds and building on January 6, 2021, in an effort to prevent, hinder, hinder, and delay the certification of the Electoral College vote, using force against law enforcement officers while inside the Capitol on January 6th, continuing to plot after January 6th to oppose by force the lawful transfer of presidential power and using websites, social media, text messaging, and encrypted messaging applications to communicate with co-conspirators and others. The case is being prosecuted by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia, in the Department of Justice National Security Division's Counterterrorism Section. The U.S. Attorney's Office in the Northern District of Texas and the District of Arizona have also provided assistance. Over 725 individuals have now been arrested for the events on January 6th, spanning nearly every state. I want to point out, there was a tweet from someone who said that they were privy to a, a, a panel discussion with regular Americans. They were asked about the events of January 6th, and they all basically downplayed it and said they did not care. They didn't. They were more concerned with the economy, with jobs, with getting this country back on track. But the Democrats have staked everything on January 6th. They need this. And this is, re this is really, really good for them. Now, there's two ways this is being viewed. On the political establishment left, they're saying, see, this is exactly what we knew and what we expected. On the right, they're saying this is exactly what they knew they were go we, we knew they were going to do. The right does not view this as legitimate. The left thinks it's proving everything that they've been saying. But there is a problem here. The way the media has played this, 
the way the establishment has played, to be completely honest, in August, Reuters reported FBI finds scant evidence of U.S. capital that, that uh, FBI finds scant evidence U.S. capital attack was coordinated. As you can see, it was mostly the right that reported this, according to Ground.News. And this is a problem. How did we go from the FBI saying scant evidence of coordination to now learning that the FBI had a grand jury convened alleging that there was a conspiracy taking place? Something doesn't make sense. Now, I am not here to say they're wrong. I am not here to push conspiracy theories. I'm here to just say, you know what? Bring on the evidence, bring on the criminal charges, and convict those who are guilty of the crimes. They are innocent until proven guilty. And I'm absolutely willing to sit back and say, let's see what you got. But certainly there are many people who are concerned about the treatment of those who are defendants in this case. Some would suggest that this mistreatment has resulted in all the evidence the DOJ needed to finally claim conspiracy. Because Stuart Rhodes had stated previously, and this is reported by the New York Times, that there was no plan to go inside. The people who went inside broke the rules and were not following their protocols. And well, too bad, Stuart. If you form a group and members of that group act, yeah, they're going to pin it on you. And that's what we've seen. And that's what we know. You know, I had a conversation. I think it was Andrew Branca, the law of self-defense. And he was mentioning the dangers of a neighborhood watch. You have Black Lives Matter riots. But if you form a neighborhood watch to try and prevent riots, they'll claim you're a group and you're conspiring. And that's where things get crazy, isn't it? Here's a story from Politico. January 6 defendants win unlikely Democrat champions as they face harsh detainment. Solitary confinement is a form of punishment that is cruel and psychologically damaging, said Elizabeth Warren. The treatment of the people arrested on January 6 was so bad that in April of last year, even Elizabeth Warren was complaining about their treatment, with many saying they were being tortured. Now, all of a sudden, what do we have? We have Oath Keepers coming out, refuting the statements of Oath Keeper leadership and saying that, in fact, they did plan this. I find that very interesting. It's interesting because they're Oath Keepers supposedly upholding their oath, but they broke. Hmm. Maybe it's true. Maybe that's just the reality. The New York Times reported on this, and they bring up some very interesting information. They say in an interview with the New York Times this summer, Mr. Rhodes expressed frustration that several members of his group had gone off mission by entering the Capitol on January 6th, quickly adding, there were zero instructions from me or leadership to do so. But at least four Oath Keepers who were at the Capitol that day and are cooperating with the government have sworn in court papers that the group intended to breach the building with the goal of obstructing the final certification of the Electoral College. Mr. Rhodes has also attracted the attention of House Select Committee investigating January 6th, blah, blah, blah. We know where this all went. Results in all of their arrests. So four Oath Keepers cooperating with the government tell the government what they want to hear. I wonder when that happened. Because in August, the FBI said they had no evidence. Well, since then, they have found that evidence. And maybe it's real. Maybe it's legitimate. Maybe these Oath Keepers had to turn a conscience and said, you know what, bureaucratic state, you're right. We're so sorry. Here's what really happened. You know why I don't believe it? It's not because I believe in any grand conspiracy theories or anything. It's because you want me to believe that people who engaged in a seditious conspiracy then just went and spilled all the beans to the people they were engaging in the conspiracy against. Sorry, I, I find that hard to believe. 
that these people were coordinating an effort to stop the certification of the election. They were going up against the U.S. government. And now they're like, meh, we'll just tell you everything you want to hear. That doesn't sound like it makes sense. Let's be real. Many of these people who were storming their way in were not very smart. And maybe now they're realizing they were not very smart. It was a stupid thing to do. It was wrong to do. And it's only made everything worse for Trump, conservatives, and those who believe in freedom. It is now, January 6th is being used a precursor to file criminal complaints against the previous administration. They're doing it to Steve Bannon, Mark Meadows. They're going after everybody. They went after Alex Jones. What did he have to do with this? Alex Jones was out there bullhorning with a legal permit saying, do not go to the building. Do not go inside. And they're trying to go after him. There's one individual who's a, who's a Republican strategist. And they filed a, they're, they're, they're demanding he cooperate with the committee. And he's like, not only did I not work for these people, I wasn't there. I had no involvement in planning. Why am I being subpoenaed? Look, man. You're fighting an uphill battle. You do not have the high ground like Antifa. You don't have the media on your side. This is what they do to people. We have this story from Record Online. Capital riot suspect from Newburgh tells judge his solitary confinement is inhumane. We have this story from the Arkansas Democrat. Lawyer says Gravette man charged in Capital riot tortured in D.C. jail. And we can see how much worse it's getting. Mike Flynn likens Pelosi to Roman governor who executed Jesus. Modern-day Pontius Pilate. Wow. Crazy. I mean, that's rhetoric, sure. But we're seeing this very serious escalation, man. And people tell me I'm wrong. People tell me that we're not heading towards some kind of civil war. Man, I, I don't know. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe there's a lot that I can't see, and that is fair, and that is true. I am not omniscient. I'm just a dude reading the news, trying to fact-check things. There's probably a lot of stuff... I don't know about, actually, no, I'll say there is a lot that I don't know. There are many things I don't know. But I'll tell you this. Newsweek, Marjorie Taylor Greene suggests Second Amendment rights should be used against Democrats. A little bold framing, I'll be honest, but not completely wrong. This is where we're at. Don't you understand what this rhetoric leads to? I just, I don't understand the naysayers who watched the far left take over several blocks in Seattle. For weeks, with rifles marching around, denying science, as it were. And then they opened fire on an SUV, killed a teenager. The same thing happened in Minneapolis, the George Floyd Autonomous Zone. They tried doing it in Portland. We are watching extremists seize territory in our own cities, and people are going, there's no civil war. It's amazing. It's amazing that they would still call it cold. At a certain point, Right-wing groups will be purged and arrested. They'll be up, uh, up against the establishment left, which currently controls the reins of power. Far-left groups take over cities and riot for months, and people just say, it's normal. Nothing's happening. What's normal about far-left extremists and communists seizing several city blocks of a city and a police station, a government building? If that happened in any other country, they'd be like, wow, civil war is kicking off. And yet, what do we get from the mainstream press? Oh, they're talking about civil war now, but they're only talking about January 6th. I don't care what you think about January 6th. It matters, and so do the Black Lives Matter riots. You can say that January 6th was no big deal. You can say it was a riot. Fine, I don't care. 
Black Lives Matter were riots too, and I still think it's indicative of a civil war. What did Marjorie Taylor Greene actually say? Well, they don't give us the full quote, so I don't trust them. Marjorie Taylor Greene said she is not a violent person, and she, she hopes to never see a civil war in this country. That's fair. They, they go on, this Newsweek article reports, Marjorie Taylor Greene offering advice to Georgia's current governor and state lawmakers, urging them to pass and sign legislation to combat Abrams' call for grabbing people's guns. She went on to say, ultimately, the truth is, it's our Second Amendment rights, our right to bear arms that protects Americans and gives us the ability to defend ourselves from a tyrannical government. And I hate to use this language, but Democrats, they're exactly, they're doing exactly what our founding, our founders talked about when they gave us the precious rights that we have. She did not say the precious rights of the Second Amendment. The media lies. She was talking about Second Amendment rights, but in that context of the founders, she was talking about all of our rights. You could very well say, she says, use the First Amendment against Democrats, which we should. We should be peaceably assembling and we should be talking and discussing and practicing our right to speech and the press and all of that stuff to stop tyranny. And in the event crimes are committed by the government, yes, we have a Second Amendment for just that. Now, I hope it never comes to that. And I don't think we're anywhere near that just yet. But I tell you, man, it's closer than people think. They don't want to admit it. They don't want to, they, they, they don't want to believe that we really could be at the boiling point. They don't want to believe it could happen here, but it is not only possible, it is happening here. People just don't want to believe it. Can I just point out that the January 6th committee is, arrest, is, is filing criminal complaints, criminal referrals against members of the previous administration? We were told when Donald Trump was campaigning in 2015, when he was like, Hillary Clinton, lock her up. They said, how dare Trump say that? That's, that's, that's crazy rhetoric. And I'm like, it is, it's true. I mean, I think Hillary Clinton broke the law with the emails thing. So maybe she shouldn't be, pre she shouldn't be able to run for office. But it is crazy. And now here we are where they're actually doing it. You know, it may be crazy, but I think the alternative is worse. If you do not criminally charge those who break the law, then you have no system. Because people aren't going to believe the system works. The guilty parties go get, get away with it. The problem there is that when the left believes a bunch of crackpot BS because the media lies, they then demand people get arrested and charged when they didn't do anything wrong. I am not saying the Oath Keepers. I'm talking about members of Trump's administration, and I'm talking about people like Alex Jones, who they file subpoenas against. Well, Jones, pled, uh, he pleaded the fifth. I think it's pleaded, right? Pled the fifth. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But I just think everything's, everything's falling apart. There's something dramatic happening in this country. And there's this Twitter thread that I find fascinating from Elizabeth Steinberg. I'm not familiar with who she is. She's just someone with a few thousand followers. And she tweeted, if you told lifelong Democrats in 2019 that by 2022, they'd become single issue voters for the other side, they would have said you're nuts. They also would have said you were nuts if you told them that after 2019, their opinions would be right wing. Oh, yeah. And yet here we are. Did you question blue state COVID policy? Poof, you're now a Republican. Wanted your kids in school? Welcome to the other side. Said Florida wasn't doing so bad and maybe we could lighten up a bit. Start putting on your DeSantis 2024 yard sign. They called you an unhinged granny killer faster than you could say, let it rip. But even after they cast you aside and told you to grab your guns and flee, to the, flee the coast with your fellow Rush Limbaugh loving comrades, you weren't ready to privatize healthcare and head to the ballots. Even after they dragged your good name through the mud and gaslit you, 
till you couldn't tell the difference between science and reading tea leaves, you weren't ready to break out the MAGA cap. They'd broken your bleeding liberal heart, but they hadn't broken your woke spirit. Now I'll pause there and say, I'm not going to go around wearing a MAGA hat. I'm not the biggest fan of Trump, but I absolutely oppose Biden, his DOJ, and what they're doing. Merrick Garland is insane. They said you'd changed, but you knew you were the same person with the same values. The world might be upside down, but you still knew your place. No matter how right wing it was to say that kids were not filthy vectors of disease. You tried reasoning. You told them the kids weren't, you, you told them the kids weren't okay. They said kids are resilient. You told them who says no mask for two-year-olds. They said that kids didn't complain. You told them schools in Europe were open. They said you wanted to kill teachers. You said test to stay. They said quarantine. You said learning loss. They said banana bread. You said extreme mandates. They said banning kids from Chuck E. Cheese's. You said safety theater. They said abundance of caution. You said small business were suffering. They said it's better not to eat a cheeseburger than to be dead. They pushed you into the arms of the enemy before the pajama class could say, we're all in this together. They took, away, they took away everything, then said you were overreacting. They thought you'd get over it and forget they were wrong. Now, there's some optimism in this. Regular people waking up. Biden's approval rating drops to new low. 33% of American adults approve of the president's handling of COVID and the economy. Wow. Is it bad news for Biden? And so this is good news and that regular people are waking up. But that just means the Democratic establishment is going to get desperate and panicky and insane. And of course, again, maybe the, the Oath Keepers did commit crimes and they should be arrested. Or maybe it's possible that as Joe Biden falters and fails, as his approval rating collapses and Democrats know they are going to be voted out in 2022, desperation emerges. I've wondered about this. The reason they were absolutely adamant about stopping Trump by any means necessary was because Trump was about to expose their little criminal activity. Little. Joe Biden, what he did in Ukraine. I am disgusted. I am furious. And I'm very furious at the ignorant people of this country who defend this man. I think it's obvious when you look at the evidence. Donald Trump inadvertently stumbled upon the stupidity of Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who bragged that he, that he, he told the president of Ukraine... He wanted a quid pro quo. Fire the prosecutor or I will withhold your aid. A billion dollars. He has no power to do that. He has no right to do that. But he did it for whatever the reason. So what did the, what did the establishment do? What did the bureaucratic administrative state do? They claimed it was in fact Trump who was pushing for the quid pro quo. They staged a fake whistleblower. And people fell for it. I'm sick of it. Joe Biden should be in prison for what he's done internationally with his son. These are criminal elements, corrupt politicians. It is not a conspiracy. Corrupt politicians exist. Joe Biden is corrupt. Don't ask me. Don't take my word for it. Politico wrote the story, Biden Inc., talking about how his family's fortunes have tracked perfectly along his political career. He is a corrupt, duplicitous individual. He shared a bank account with his son. His son was cutting in 10% for the big guy. That's the dirty game they play. And that's why Joe Biden had to run and had to win. Because Trump was going to uncover the criminal activities of him and former administration officials. I think we see the evidence plain and clear. Especially when you read Matt Taibbi's reporting on this and he's far from conservative. So this is it. 
They know that they're failing. They know they're falling apart. And so they have no choice but to go extreme and go after anyone who dare oppose them. I don't know who swatted us. I don't know who is firing um, international botnet DDoS attacks against our network, but they are. And it's scary, really. You know, any minute, when, when, when those cops came in for the swatting, I was like, are we getting raided like James O'Keefe did? Are they going to come in here and claim we got some information? Hey, look, we do commentary on the news. Our news reporters aren't in this building. So ultimately, it turned out we just got swatted. But I wonder, is it only a matter of time before some false charges land in our lap? Some lies and manipulations like they did to James O'Keefe, claiming that they're investigating how he got the Biden uh, diary? Was it uh, uh, Joe Biden's uh, daughter or is it a granddaughter? I'm not sure. Daughter? How do you get it? So they raid him, FBI? They're just trying to strain you for resources. The reason they file these subpoenas against so many people is because it's expensive to respond to them. That's one of the reasons Alex Jones probably said he's going to plead the fifth. Not only because they're going to try and entrap him and claim he lied, but it's extremely expensive. I talked to many of those, many of these people, and they said, listen, when they subpoena you and say they want your records and you got to cooperate, you need to have a lawyer go through everything to figure out what documents they actually want. That costs money. It costs a lot of money. Things, things are changing, man. In a big story, the RNC moves to require presidential candidates to skip traditional commission debates. Yeah, what's the point? What's the point? If the Democrats control the presidential commissions and the debates are, are, are designed to, de to defend and protect Democrats, why bother? This is the divide. People, they don't want to believe it, but this is the divide. There will no longer be a Republican-Democrat debate. It's just going to be the Republicans saying Democrats bad, Democrats saying Republicans bad. Now, some have said this is a, this is a negotiating tactic that the RNC will boycott the Commission on Debates. There will be none, and all the networks will panic and say, no, 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 we need the ratings. And so then the RNC will come back and say, okay, we will agree to this, but we want some stipulations. They're going to say, you've got to have a moderator from certain outlets that we choose, and we want more control, and perhaps, perhaps that'll be a good thing. But perhaps none of it matters. Because perhaps politics isn't the real catalyst for a civil war. Maybe it won't be abortion. You know, I said maybe it'll be abortion like slavery, a strong moral issue. Maybe it will just be fear. From USA Today, grocery stores still have empty shelves amid supply chain disruptions, Omicron and winter storms. That's crazy, man. I went to the store this past weekend and things seemed mostly okay. Now people are saying they're going to the stores and there's nothing. I wonder about this. I live on the, uh, we, we, we live and work between West Virginia and Maryland and Virginia. I live in West Virginia. We work out of Maryland. I went to the grocery store in West Virginia and everything seemed to be fairly fine. They don't got any mask mandates or anything. In Frederick County, where they do have a mask mandate, not so fine. I wonder if that has something to do with it. In West Virginia, there's no restrictions. In Maryland, there, there are restrictions. In which case, drivers won't come in. There may, there may be many truckers saying, I'm not going to a mask mandate city or county. Bye-bye. So they don't. West Virginia, they got no problem. Maybe the employees say, I'm not going to do it. You're not going to make me do this job. And they quit. And in West Virginia, they say, eh, I don't got to wear a mask. Could that be it? I don't know. 
It could just be that inflation is through the roof. Wholesale prices rose 10%, the biggest since 2010. And inflation is up 7% and there's food shortages. So I'll tell you what really precipitates chaos, conflict, crisis, civil war, revolution, whatever. Hungry people. That's what it is. When people feel like elections don't matter, not much happens. And that's good for the establishment. Most people I've known never cared for elections. But when people can't eat, then they start to get worried. Then they start to get angry. Then they start to say, why is this happening? Then they start to ask questions. Then they show up in the streets. Then you end up with angry people throwing things because they're hungry. Store shelves running empty does not mean people are starving. People are very well fed in this country. But if this gets worse, if there is no end in sight, then it gets bad. So here's what I can say. The Oath Keepers, well, they made their bed. We'll see what happens. You, you, people who went down on January 6th and entered the Capitol building, you made your bed. And if you've committed crimes, you will be held accountable for them. But it does show that people are fed up and willing to, make, to commit those crimes. And that's the crazy thing. Because I'll tell you what will happen if there really is a civil conflict. Or I'll tell you, if, if Donald Trump gets elected in 2024... Any charges, any, any convictions will probably be overturned. Trump's going to be like, no, 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 get him out of there. He'll have one more term. And with that one more term, Trump will go nuclear. And the establishment knows it. So they're panicking. In Trump's first term, he says, I won't go too crazy. You know, because I want to win re-election. But I'd be willing to bet that in a second term, Trump's going to be like, no holds barred. I got one, I got one term left. We're going nuclear. So here's what I can tell you. Expect it to get worse this year. We'll see if we don't get banned. Tons of people are going to get banned and suspended. They're going to go after Crowder. They, they've already been going after him. They're going to ban. They're going to ban so many people because they can't allow me on Timcast IRL to host people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, they don't want her to win re-election, so they'll shut that down. Can't have it. Can't have these personalities on the internet. It'll be worse than that, though. People will be attacked. People will be killed, probably. Like, we've already seen many people die. So. And you're going to see more criminal prosecutions and convictions. Get ready. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. Nearly 300 doctors and scientists sign an open letter to Spotify calling for it to stop Joe Rogan from spreading anti-vax misinformation after he hosted controversial Dr. Robert Malone. I wonder, why is Dr. Robert Malone controversial? I love this idea. They say Ben Shapiro is controversial. They've called me controversial. Why? Is it because we're anti-establishment? Is that what it means? You will be controversial unless you just toe the line for the corporate press and the uniparty establishment political establishment. You're controversial when you challenge the norms, right? Because we'll put it this way. Dr. Fauci, is he controversial? The media will not call Dr. Fauci controversial. You see how the game is played? It is not science when you silence dissent. Sorry. When, when all of these Democrat types come out and say, trust the science, I say, okay, that includes dissenting opinions. Because have we, have we learned nothing from, from history? Galileo? Yeah, we're supposed to say, okay, well, dissenting voices could be wrong. 
And we should question why they are a dissenting voice. We should ask them questions and keep it in mind. That's the point of science, to acknowledge that we could be wrong. So now Joe Rogan once again is under fire. Not that I think it matters because Joe moved to Spotify, not just for the money, but also because it gives him some freedom. Now, let's be real. Joe Rogan has removed many episodes of his show. He said this was, I believe he said this was, um, there was a, an uploading error on YouTube. They weren't able to save the archives. And I don't, I don't know if I buy that explanation. I mean, look, I consider Joe a friend. I've been in a show several times. He's a really good dude. One of the most important guys in the culture war. One of the most honest. And I, and I always, I, I feel it's important to point out that there, you've, you've always got to make sure you highlight bad things and criticize people no matter who they are. But I genuinely trust, I, I trust Joe Rogan. I think he's doing a good job. He's clearly, in my opinion, not doing this for clout or money. The dude's already famous. He's been famous for a long time. So when I hear that certain episodes got removed, I'm not happy with it, but I trust he's doing the best he can to try and keep these conversations going. Because let's be honest, Joe had on Dr. Robert Malone. He had on Peter McCullough. These are dissenting voices. And for it, he's taking serious flack. Now, there's more to, um, there's more to me just talking about Joe Rogan and these doctors uh, there's also a bunch of people saying, Tim, you have to respond to the Joe Rogan podcast yesterday. Joe Rogan hosted Josh Zepps, a podcaster and presenter from Australia, who uh, I, I think he, he, he insulted me. Um, I guess he, he insulted my intelligence. He tried referring to me as alt-right somewhat indirectly, and Joe pushed back. He's like, come on, you can't do that. And, you know, I've had people hitting me up being like, yo, this dude was was insulting you. And they gave Majid Nawaz a pass. And Majid's fantastic, by the way. But it's like Majid and I have very similar opinions on what's happening in Australia. That's who this guy who this guy is. And he appears in the Joe Rogan podcast and he pushes a distorted view of what I've said. And in my opinion, it's very much state propaganda. So I'll just say immediately to those who have seen the episode, my response right away is, People are allowed to call me whatever they want. They're allowed to criticize me. They can take what I say and, 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 and say it's bad and wrong. I got no problem with that. And I will also add, I absolutely love when Joe Rogan was like, are, are you state propaganda? Like, you're just dismissive of anything critical of the state. It was actually really, really funny. And I, I, and I respect that. And I'll also point out, too, the guy, Josh, on the show, he's like, I've invited Tim on my podcast. Why won't he come? And I, I love this explanation, this, this, this attempt at being like, why won't Tim come on my show? It's like, yo, I work 16-hour days. I work morning shows and night shows. And we've invited you, Josh, onto our show. I know it's kind of silly. It's kind of dumb. Like, making you come onto my show, I won't go on yours. I totally get that. I've said, here's what I've said of, like, the Young Turks, Kyle Kalinske. I don't fault them for not coming on my show. They host their own shows. Why won't Hassan come on Tim Cast IRL? He's a prominent, for those unfamiliar, he's a very prominent left-wing personality. He hosts his own show. He's got work to do. And so I get it. Now, if Josh, you know, wants to claim I said things that uh, I didn't say or take obvious trolling Twitter posts and try and act like they're real, well, you know, good on you, I guess, but you're welcome to come on our show and you're welcome to come on any time because I am not hiding from any debate or conversation. But let's get into this. First, I want to talk about uh, what's going on with this, these doctors and Joe Rogan. And, and this is this is really, really important, man. I, I got to tell you, this episode with Robert Malone and the episode with Peter McCullough, I hope you guys realize how lucky we are that someone like Joe, uh, Joe Rogan exists and is and is willing to to put his 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 career on the line and everything 
to have these conversations. And uh, um, I, I just want to stress that point, man. For all the criticisms and I think important things to bring up, I want to make sure you realize there's a meme going around where they're like, all it took was a comedian hosting a doctor for people to finally break the narrative and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, we're lucky. I couldn't imagine how we're, we're lucky we got people like Joe, to be completely honest, man. He's a good dude. Uh, I will say before we read this, go to TimCast.com, support our work. If you haven't already, become a member. We've got members only uh, episodes. I wish we could just put up for free, to be completely honest. I, I wish we could have these. Uh, we, we, we produce TimCast IRL conversations for a year or so and the conversations I've done here. But as censorship is getting worse, we needed to create our own space. How do we support a website with bandwidth costs? Well, we, we make a membership thing. So we're going to be working on getting some of these uncensored episodes up on Sunday nights for uh, TimCast IRL, iTunes and Spotify. We call it Sunday Uncensored because I want people to know this stuff. It's not about money, man. We do need to cover our costs. We do want to hire more journalists. We, we do want to fight the fight and money helps us do that. Here's the story from the Daily Mail. Hundreds of doctors and scientists have signed an open letter to Spotify accusing Joe Rogan of pushing anti-vax misinformation. A total of 270 experts and medical professionals called on the streaming giant to adopt a misinformation policy after the comedian hosted the controversial Dr. Robert Malone last month. No, they should. Now, do they have do they have the letter in here? They mentioned he was suspended and all that stuff. Where's the open letter? I want to see. Okay, they didn't actually post it. But uh, uh, we, we, we will read on a misinformation policy, they say. During a three-hour and six-minute interview on the now viral episode 1757, Malone compared the U.S. to Nazi Germany and said, today's society was suffering from a mass formation psychosis over the use of vaccines. That is, a demo- that is demonstrably false. What he said was that mass formation psychosis has more to do with our reactions, COVID policy mandates, etc., not vaccines. Um, Dr. Robert Malone is vaccinated. I think he may be boosted as well. They say he also uh, claimed to be part of the team that invented mRNA technology used in the COVID-19 jab and said pharmaceutical companies administering the vaccines, such as Pfizer and Moderna, have financial conflicts of interest. He's correct. He's 100% correct. Even in the smear pieces against him, they point out he is the guy who first, I don't know what the right word is. He said, hey, how about, you know that thing? So here, let me say it like this. The thing that mRNA vaccines do, transmitting genetic information through lipids into cells. That was Dr. Robert Malone who came up with that. Now, you can argue he didn't invent the vaccines themselves, just the precursor ideas of how it could work. Is that not inventing it? I don't know. I guess, you know, the first light bulb wasn't actually inventing the light bulb because it wasn't good enough and it didn't actually get sold on markets. No, and someone said, here's a vacuum tube and we put metal in it. It's illuminated or whatever. Well, okay. I don't know. I, I, actually, I, I, I got to be honest. I'm not an electrician or an engineer. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know everything about light bulbs. Hundreds of medical professionals have fact-checked Malone and demanded accountability from Spotify. Why? Why? They wrote, with an estimated 11 million listeners per episode. Bravo, Joe. JRE, which is hosted exclusively on Spotify, is the world's largest podcast and has tremendous influence. You're sure? Uh, You're you're damn right. Spotify has a responsibility to mitigate the spread of misinformation on this platform, though the company presently has no misinformation policy. The reason why I wanted to highlight this, not just because it's an excuse for me to respond to what the guy said on me on the show, it's not really about that. No, this is important because Joe Rogan hosted Sanjay Gupta of CNN, the most mainstream of voices when it comes to these things. It is not just that Joe is hosting only one crackpot 
who's going around saying the moon's made of cheese. No, it's Dr. Robert Malone, a well-spoken PhD scientist who disagrees. And he's allowed to. And we need that debate. He also hosted uh, Sanjay Gupta. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure he'd have Fauci on. Of course he would. Joe Rogan hosts so many mainstream personalities. He has a couple guys who dissent and oh, everyone's freaking out. But I don't care about these scientists and doctors and their stupid opinions. The point is what you need to realize. If we are a society whose media apparatus does not allow dissent, we are doomed. Someone comes out and they say uh, the sky is falling. And everybody on TV says, don't allow it. Don't allow him to say this stuff. Get him out of here. Don't, we don't want to hear it. And what if the sky really is falling? Obviously, I don't think the sky is falling, but it's a reference to Chicken Little, right? Somebody comes out and says, I object, and here's why. We should say, okay, let's have a conversation about this. Let's assess what you are saying. If you do not allow a diversity of opinion, you homogenize, you crumble. So I'm kind of worried. There, you look, Joe Rogan's massive, but Joe's not planting this. Well, you know, I'll say this. Joe is not setting up organizations to, to preserve his voice. Like Joe's got all this money. He could hire people and create a media organization. He's doing comedy stuff, which is fantastic. I'm not saying Joe is obligated to do this. I'm just saying if the best chance at dissenting opinion we have, the best opportunity is just one podcast. Yikes, we're in trouble. Look, man, I'll be honest with you guys. Many of you may be saying, but Tim, you do, so, you, you do that. Eh, we do. And, and it's fair to point out a lot of people are like, how did Tim Pool get so popular? And like Joe Rogan's had him on the show several times. And that is true, too. A lot of people are like, Tim, I first heard of you because of Joe Rogan. So in that sense, Joe allowing these voices does help create you know, similar voices to grow and flourish. And um, we now have a very big show at Timcast IRL. But let me just be real with you guys. How many views does Timcast IRL get per episode? We can play a lot of games. I don't know how Joe Rogan does his, uh, his metrics, but Spotify says that Joe Rogan gets 11 million views per episode. Wow. 11 million that's huge. Tucker Carlson only gets like three. And I'd be willing to bet that Joe Rogan's audience are primarily the key demo. All right. I'll give you guys metrics. You can look a lot of this stuff up, but I'll give you metrics. Live viewership on Timcast IRL in the two hour span we're live is typically over the past year about 200 to 300,000 people. Unique individuals. It's a lot of people. That's great, right? The video on demand views that we get after about, you know, three or four days. Podcasts go by a 90, they're, they're tracked by 90 days because people listen, you know, it's, it's on demand stuff. It's not live, right? We, we average probably like, I don't know, 400,000 over the past couple of weeks. Last year, it may have been like 300, 350. Last year was, was low for us. Uh, the year prior was massive. But I would say all in all, our show gets maybe like 500 to 700,000 uh, view viewers. According to our podcast analytics, we have about 750,000, um, close, close to 800,000 unique listeners. 800,000. We get around, I think we get like 100K down, podcast downloads, like iTunes, Spotify, and all those platforms. 100K. Joe Rogan gets 11 million. So uh, 
we are we are we are getting a, a a very very small amount relative to what Joe is getting on his podcast because it's an exponential gain. When your show is one of the highest ranking shows, you'll get almost all of the viewers because when they go to pod when they open up the podcast app, you're front and center. That benefits Joe to a great degree for sure. He's the he's the he's the, he, you know he's the biggest podcast, so he gets that top of the mountain position and people see him more. For us. I think our podcast ranking is like 160 in the world, which is like, wow, it's really good, but it's an exponential growth. So that being said, to all the people who are fans of, of, of this show, a lot of people don't know who we are. You know, um, we may have a couple million subscribers across the board. I think ultimately unique viewership for uh, inter- unique subscribership is the important way to put it. A couple million. And then unique viewership is actually more than that because we have a lot of people who don't subscribe who watch the show. I think our unique viewership might be like 8 million to like 12 million uh, per month or something. Our total viewership across the board with replays and segments and everything is actually closer to like 50 or 60 million. But Joe Rogan's is like 200 plus and CNN's like 100. So all, all that's really, really important context. And I don't know, for many of you, you may not care about those numbers, but I'll just say... It's really annoying to me trying to find out metrics on other shows, and they don't release a lot, of, a lot of these numbers, and you're trying to understand how the system works. You're trying to get as much information as possible on it. So there's some information on our show. Maybe that helps or whatever. Uh, it's a fairly big show, I guess. I mean, maybe I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really think about viewership in that sense. I don't look at the episodes and I go like, yes, we got more views, or like, no, we got very few. People tell me, they're like, man, your show's so big, and I'm just like, I don't know. I have, I have no idea. You know what's crazy, though? I'll tell you this. When Joe used to do live streams, when I did, uh, when I went on Joe's show live, he had like 30 something thousand live viewers. We get more than that concurrent viewers, but we get substantially less in the overall viewership of the podcast. So maybe we should be doing marketing or something. We don't, we don't do any marketing or any promotion, but, uh, you know, shout out to Joe for having me on his show several times. It really did help, but I think it's important to point out Joe has a lot of people on his show they don't get as, as much growth. They don't grow, you know, they don't get as big of a boost. So I think merit does play a role. Now let's do this. Let me point out something from Joe Rogan's show the other day. Hey, this is really cool. The 1762 with Josh Zepps, a broadcaster who hosts Afternoon with Josh Zepps on ABC Radio. That's in Australia. Here's something really cool. Joe Rogan, uh, when you go to his Spotify, it says, you might also like Timcast IRL. Hey, that's cool. And, and Tim Dillon with Lex Friedman. Wow, Tim Dillon with Lex Friedman. Tim Dillon's podcast on 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 pod, uh, his podcast is higher ranking than ours, but I think we I think um, for us what makes our show so big is the YouTube audience because I know that some of the top podcasts in the world no seriously like the top ten only get three hundred thousand downloads per episode. Joe getting eleven million is something unique. No no joke. Like I don't want to say who, but I know a lot of a lot of metrics for a lot of big shows and like some of the shows that are like ranked in the top ten are only getting like 300,000. That's why I was saying it's like an exponential growth. Once you get way up to the top, like number one, two, and three, it's just like skyrocketing in views. Now, anyway, I digress. In this episode with mainstream corporate establishment state propagandist, Josh Zepps, who, look, you want to call me stupid or whatever, I'm going to say the same. I'm going to, I'm going to criticize you, but we absolutely are welcoming Josh to come on Timcast IRL and have these conversations. He said that I'm causing problems in Australia by screaming concentration camps. Uh, let me just point out, let me just point something out. Uh, Josh is wrong and he's a state propagandist. Okay. Here's the Wall Street Journal opinion. Coercion made the pandemic worse. In the Wall Street Journal, they write, consider Australia until recently a relatively free country. 
Its Northern Territory has a COVID quarantine camp in Howard Springs, where law-abiding citizens can be forcibly sent if they have been exposed to COVID to a COVID-positive person or have traveled internationally or between states, even without evidence of exposure. 26-year-old Australian citizen Haley Hodgson was detained at the camp after she was exposed to someone later found to be positive. Despite three negative tests and no positive ones, she was held in a small enclosed area for 14 days. She was threatened with fines if she tried to leave. She filmed all of this. It's reality. We have many stories. Let me see. uh, Do I have this one pulled up? Here's Haley Hodgson explaining what's going on. Here's a video right now of the police arresting an older woman. uh, This is from OCN. Queensland reportedly Harvey Bay arrested for not revealing her vaccination status. And then, of course, we have Avi Yemeni breaking. Prime Minister Scott Morrison says the vaccine does not stop the spread of Omicron. Any court challenge to a vaccine mandate as of today should win. Just subpoena the PM as a witness. Aha. We have other stories. People escaping the quarantine camps. And what if I called them literally internment camps? Now, I have tweeted asterisk concentration camp. That's called hyperbole. I've stated this. I've said, obviously, I'm poking fun and deriding them and mocking them. But I think it's a good out for people like Josh Sepps and state propagandists. He says on the Joe Rogan podcast, we're trying to have a conversation with people in our country about what's a little too far and what we shouldn't be doing. And people like Tim Pool make it all worse. What? People in Australia aren't watching my show, dude. I know this because I have the metrics. Although there are some people in Australia, it's like 8,000 of our viewers are Australian. So no, we don't have any large viewership in Australia. No, what they found is an excuse to defend the state and their internment camps by saying, look how crazy that is. We don't have concentration camps, right? Tim Pool is crazy. He goes on Joe Rogan's show and says, alt-right people are saying these things. And Joe's like, he's, Tim Pool's not alt-right. You can't, just, you can't just do that. Yeah, that's the dirty game they play. We get it. Quillette. They, they have long masqueraded as intellectual dark web, but they are state propagandists. They have defended the expansion of camps where people can be taken without due process. This woman, Haley Hodgson, said it sound, uh, they were, she was told she was being punished for lying to the police. Now, of course, this guy likes to say, it's just Melbourne where people are really, you know, uh, faced with the, with the lockdowns. Yes. Yes, we've talked about that. Many people who are Australian who I've talked with say it's really bad. And I think, what, what state is that, Victoria? In the show, Joe responds. And he says, of me, I don't think he's talking to people who are actually in Australia, which is unfortunate. That's not true. Absolutely not true. For one, I follow Avi Yemeni. You may know who he is. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend just following Avi is the best way to understand Australia. He's covering a certain aspect of what's going on and showing a lot of really awful things. I have friends in Australia. I, there are people I have, known for, I, I have known for 10 years. And I don't just come out and say, I have no idea what's going on in Australia, but I'm going to say it's bad. First of all, I have the Wall Street Journal. I have mainstream Australian news sources. Hey, the news source that Josh Zepp works for, ABC, reporting that three people tried to escape the quarantine facility. Doesn't sound like an international arrival bungalow, eh, Josh? He's the guy who lied, remember? No, it's just for international arrivals. Now we know he lied. It's not true. Okay, maybe he didn't lie. He's just propagandizing for the state. 
They've started detaining their own citizens, which is what I said. The Holocaust Museum states that a concentration camp is different from standard prisons because people are taken there without due process. Okay. Obviously, I'm trying to poke poke at Australia when I say that. But as I stated since the beginning, of course, it's hyperbole. I consider them to be internment camps because there's no due process. But I will say this. People in Australia, for the most part, don't watch the show. Some do, for sure. But we're not getting like millions of people from Australia watching the show. It's just not reality. And the conversation about Australia is not for Australia. When I bring up what they're doing, it's for America. It's for us to point out why we should never tolerate these camps. Because I was correct about everything. Concentration camp is hyperbole and it's an opinion. You can't fact check against that. It's just you can say, Tim, you're dumb. Don't call it that. Okay, I can respect that 100%. You're allowed to criticize me. But what I did say was it's only a matter of time before Australia starts detaining its own citizens, not international arrivals. And Josh Sepp says, that's wrong. It won't happen. They're just international arrival bungalows. And then Haley Hodgson is taken from her home and she's told that it's punishment for lying for lying to police, despite the negative tests, as the Wall Street Journal reports. And again, again this is an opinion uh, article. She was taken without uh, criminally without being criminally charged and without evidence. Should the state be allowed to take people from their homes to imprison them? And I mean that in the literal sense, not like in like she's been formally incarcerated. No, they 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 kidnap you, whatever you want to call it. Someone takes you against your will by force and doesn't allow you to leave. Should they be allowed to do that without evidence and without due process? To me, I think the answer is an overwhelming no. But here's, here's the point. Here's why. I th- here's, let me bring this all f- full circle. Of course, I want to address misinformation presented about me specifically. And I want to highlight what's going on in Australia because I think it's important. But the point is that Joe Rogan is willing to have state propagandists on his show. And in fact, I'd be willing to bet if you went through all of his guests, most of them, or I should say there are more state propagandists and establishment shills than counterculture individuals and uh, uh, dissenting scientists. So when Joe has on Dr. Robert Malone, I say, bravo, good sir. When he has on Sanjay Gupta, I say, absolutely, bravo, good sir. And you know what? Joe Rogan had on me several times, more so than he's had on Josh Zepps. So I think it's fantastic that Joe has had Josh Zepps on his show. Let people hear what Josh has to say. And you know what? If there are people who follow me and they're fans of me and Joe Rogan, I, can only, I, I need not worry about addressing anything, to be honest. Because when Josh does his impersonation of me, he's like, and then you get Tim Pool going, yeah, the concentration camps. Yeah. And Joe goes, is that how he sounds on Twitter? The people who follow me, you guys, who also watch Joe Rogan, are going to be like, that doesn't sound like the guy, Tim Pool, I just watched on Joe Rogan's show. He sounded more calm and collected than that. Probably. So I think it's good that people can hear all of this stuff. I am not one of these Brian Stelter types who tells you, don't look up at the sky when the meteor is coming. No, I'm the person who says, I actually think it's really important you go watch that episode and hear what he has to say. I think he's wrong. I think I've made my case. If you don't agree with me and I am wrong, well then, so be it. I deserve to fail. I deserve to lose. Uh, I believe in meritocracy. So by all means, hear him out. But I think most of you probably agree with me, and that's why you're listening to this show. I think there's a decent amount of people who watch Joe Rogan who are are in the know and do research. And here's what I find fascinating. The people who tend not to like my show fall into two camps. 
they are either tribal left, and so they just don't like me because they disagree with my liberty-minded positions. They think people should be forced to do things, should be forced to be vaccinated, and they don't like that. And there are people who just don't know because they don't actually follow the news. They, they may only be getting their news from like CNN or MSNBC. So when I come out and say something like, there is evidence, and I, uh, there, is, there is a sworn statement from Viktor Shokin, the prosecutor in Ukraine, that he was fired by the president because Joe Biden intervened, and this obstructed an investigation into Burisma, where Joe Biden's son had been on the board. There is evidence supporting all of, the, all of that. And then I would say the evidence suggests Joe Biden intervened to protect his personal interests because he and Hunter Biden share bank accounts and Hunter Biden was getting $83,000 a month. Now, if you're someone on the left and you're only watching CNN, you don't know that stuff. And it's my friend's parents and their families. And they're like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I do the research. And you guys who are watching, you do too. That's why so many people who watch Timcast IRL are correcting us. And saying, hey, you guys got this wrong. And we read the comments. Say, okay, because we're just people like you. I read the news a whole lot. I do fact checking, but I'm not the smartest person in the world. I don't know everything. So I just try to fact check. When the Wall Street Journal can report definitively that there are camps in Australia where people are being taken and held without evidence and due process, what would you call that, Josh? You were wrong. They're not international arrival bungalows. They're something worse. And of course... I don't see any reason why Australia will pull back from this. And I know for a fact people don't watch my show in Australia to a great degree. So his excuse that it's making the conversation harder for him is complete BS. No, it's making it easier for you, to be honest. And so that's a fair point, actually. Maybe I shouldn't be coming out and saying it's the worst possible outcome because then people in Australia see that and they say, "Okay, that's a little too crazy for me. But the conversation isn't for the people of Australia. It's for the people of America, the people in the country where I live and me saying, this is why we don't tolerate mandates, because they will expand, the government will seize power, and eventually you'll be like Australia, where people are held without due process. We don't tolerate that. I'll leave it there. Guys, go watch the Joe Rogan show with Josh Epps. Go watch the Robert Malone episode. There's a big protest happening in D.C. with Dr. Robert Malone and many other people, uh, I believe on the 23rd. So pay attention to that stuff. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I got to be honest, I am exhausted by all of this. Joe Biden is an absolute moron who has no idea what's going on. And you don't need me to tell you that because everybody, everybody basically knows. The latest poll from Quinnipiac puts Joe Biden's approval rating at 33%. The Post Millennial reports, breaking, Biden begs press and social media to censor misinformation and disinformation from platforms. Quote, I make a special appeal to social media companies and media outlets, he said. Please deal with the misinformation and disinformation that's on your shows. It has to stop. Are you talking about uh, CNN and Rachel Maddow and their crackpot lies? Are you asking them to ban Dr. Fauci, who's just put out so much stupid BS that people have done stupid things? I'll put it that way. Yeah, Dr. Fauci changes his stance so often, there's nothing consistent about him. Is that misinformation and disinformation? No, the reality is there's just opposing information. Remember that line? I can't remember who said it. Uh, alternative facts. Was that Michelle Bachman or something? I can't remember. And everyone's like, alternative facts? What does that mean? Blah, blah, blah. No, it wasn't Bachman. What am I talking about? I can't remember who said it. There are alternative facts. That's just a reality. 
Um, it's, it's funny how you, tra- you have to explain this to, uh, to people, namely on the left, who just wanted to make fun of Republicans and, uh, or people on the right. And there are certainly instances where you can, you can uh, you know, criticize people on the right for rejecting a lot of the more nuanced mathematical thinking. What I mean by this is there are different data sets from different studies. If you came out and said a study reported that, you know, 10 birds flew in the sky, that's a fact. A study did report that. You could also say a study reported that nine birds flew in the sky. That's also a fact. A study did report that. The issue with the idea of alternative facts is that if you have different studies and people are choosing to believe different things, what do you do? For example, when uh, Sondland was testifying during the whole Trump Ukraine thing, he said, Trump told me no quid pro quo. So Fox News reports Sondland confirms no quid pro quo. But then you get CBS saying Sondland confirms quid pro quo. Why? Because Sondland said Trump said no, but I felt like he really meant yes. You see how the media plays this game? They say, well, that's it. He's confirming there was one. It's your interpretation. Thus, you end up with things that are basically opinion, I guess. But if that's the threshold, I mean, where do you go? Well, look, the reality is there's going to be a lot of information that is conflicted, that is falsely framed, that is poorly framed. There are going to be lies. And that's why you don't just censor it all. But Joe Biden's a moron. And I really want to swear, but I'm not going to do it. You know, I, I probably could and get away with it. But Joe Biden is a moron. Him coming out now and appealing to these companies to ban misinformation and disinformation. Well, that opens up a very serious, uh, 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 it, could, it could open up lawsuits. Now, it may be difficult to sue Twitter and say Joe Biden instructed them to ban me. And so they did. But I mean, this is huge. Joe Biden is actually saying on TV he wants there to be censorship. The government doesn't have the right to do that. You cannot curtail someone's rights through circuitous means. Through, through circuitous means. And I can't talk right now. What this means is, what I mean by this, the government can't be like, we're not going to ban your speech. We're just going to implement a vaccine mandate so those that speak out against us can't go to these places and speak. Yet you can't do that. So it's interesting, too, when it comes to the vaccine mandate, I wonder if there's a 1A challenge on this, because they'll argue a private business telling you you can't be there. Well, that's on them. But the only reason Burger King is kicking me out is because the government is forcing them to do it. The government is telling them you can't allow unvaccinated people in your store. And thus, they are curtailing your right to peaceably assemble. Now, it's not a law from Congress, but I think we understand that 1A extends a little bit beyond, to a great, a great deal beyond just Congress passing laws at this point. It's our interpretation of it. Here's a story from the Post Millennial. They say, President Joe Biden gave an update on the whole, whole of government COVID-19 surge response on Thursday morning. Biden begged Americans to wear masks, stating that free masks would soon be available. He pressed vaccines on the unvaccinated, boosters on the vaccinated, and asked social media and media companies not to run stories or allow posts that run counter to government narratives on COVID. What an idiot. He also fumbled and bumbled and said a bunch of nonsense that confused everybody, but that's a different story. You know, Joe, you know, crazy old Joe. Well, let's talk about what this means, misinformation and disinformation. Is Joe Biden talking about anything pertinent to the American people? No, he's talking about the lies the Americans, American people don't believe from the Daily Mail. Only 31% of Americans trust Fauci's COVID advice, and just 45% approve of Biden's pandemic response, another dire poll the administration shows. 
Thursday's Thursday poll spells more gloom for Biden and Democrats ahead of midterms. A new poll revealed the challenges facing the Biden administration on Thursday, showing that only 31% of Americans see Dr. Anthony Fauci as a trustworthy source of COVID-19 information, and just 45% approve of Joe Biden's pandemic response. That's an incredible number. So now we understand exactly why Joe Biden made this plea. Everybody hates him. He's done a terrible job. And they are asking to shut the the average people are saying we don't want to hear it. And so Joe Biden is saying, shut them up, the people who oppose me, because he wants his ratings back. You ban all the dissent. And then the only thing the people will hear is Biden and Fauci. Well, I got bad news for you. People don't like him either. We need to impeach this guy. Come uh, come the midterms. I hope Republicans win. And I hope the first thing they do is impeach Joe Biden over Ukraine. Done. Joe Biden, uh, I believe, uh, should have been disqualified from running for president based on Ukraine. Hillary Clinton should be disqualified based on the email scandal. And of course, we then run to that problem where the left says that right wing individuals should be disqualified over January 6th. But let's just be real. January 6th isn't rooted in reality. These people do not live in reality. And it's crazy to me. Last night, I was talking with uh, Batya Unger Sargon. She is the uh, she's an opinion editor, the opinion editor, I think, at Newsweek. And she was fantastic. She used to be woke, she said. She was a woke journalist and she had Trump derangement syndrome and she broke out because she had talked to people and realized Trump's not that bad. But there were many things she still didn't understand. And I mean this with all due respect. I'm not trying to be disparaging. I think she was fantastic, actually. And we need more journalists to wake up and realize this stuff. But the important thing you need to understand about the misinformation, about the lies and the manipulation is that even the people who are coming out and saying, I don't trust Fauci, still don't know everything. When I was having this conversation, it, we, we, we got into uh, Chauvin and her attitude was that most people agree Chauvin should be in prison for what he did to George Floyd. And I said, no, they don't. I think half the population thinks Chauvin shouldn't be in prison. And she was surprised by this. She said, well, when it came to Ahmed Arbery, even Fox News was saying it was the right call. And I said, yes, because Fox News are cowards. And many of these conservative personalities who said it was the right, the right call are cowards as well. Now, 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 hold on there a minute. When it came to the jury instructions, I think, you know, all of us agree because we had on Andrew Branca, the self-defense expert, that based on the judge's instruction to the jury, the jury made the right call. However, the judge gave poor instructions, and I don't think justice is being served. In this instance with Ahmed, Ar- Ahmed Arbery, you have the McMichaels being sent to prison for the rest of their life, the guy who filmed it going to prison for the rest of his life, and for what reason? Now, of course, the left pushes the lie. There was a jogger. These guys lynched him. Not true. Manipulations, lies, manipulations. And that's what Fauci is. And that's what Biden is. And that's what all of these corporate press shills are. Lie, lie, lie. I am sick of it. It's like being beaten over the head every single day. They lie about everything. Now I'm wrong about things for sure. But I just hate authoritarians. I despise Joe Biden. I despise Fauci. And uh, in this conversation, you should really check out check out the episode, the same guy Cyril show from last night. I think it was I think it was really fantastic getting an insight into media organizations and check out the members only segment. But 
Even even Badia said she liked Joe Biden. And I'm just like, Joe Biden is the epitome of government corruption. Okay, the things he was doing, everything they claimed about Trump was Joe Biden. But you know what? I think you and I have an issue. We, we, we have a challenge. We do. Here we can see Joe Biden actually calling for censorship, pleading with these companies to do it. Here we can see nobody trusts Anthony Fauci, but even those who don't still don't know everything. They may say, I don't like this guy, but they still vote Democrat. The Republicans suck too. primary them. I don't have the answers. I don't think supporting Republicans solves any problems, but man, you got to be a special kind of, of ignorant to keep voting Democrat after everything we've seen. That's where we are. Now, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and just be overly pessimistic because the reality is, while it's frustrating to see this, realizing that most people don't trust Fauci, actually a good thing. The guy's a moron, a grade A moron. He is as dumb as they come. He is, dis- he is despicable. In my opinion, he is self-interested and pathetic. We know we have these letters that got released. This is from uh, Republican Oversight, Department of Health and Human Services. They released emails showing that Fauci knew lab leak was potentially the, uh, the, the reason for the COVID pandemic. He knew this. He told no one. Why? Because it's his fault. When Rand Paul says to him, your responsibility for the COVID pandemic and Fauci goes, I, with all due respect, I have no responsibility for the pandemic. Yes, you do. Yeah, you do. Because even if it wasn't a lab leak, when you knew this was the possibility and you withheld that information, Fauci, you were basically saying, I would rather people not know it might be my fault in the event it is. And you know what? My personal opinion, it is. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Look at these emails. Given the above, the likely explanation could be something as simple as the passage of SARS, you know, live COVID tissue or culture, blah, blah, blah. So I think it becomes a question of how do you put all this together? Whether you believe in this series of coincidences, what you know of the lab in Wuhan, how much could be in nature, accidental release or natural event? I'm 70, 30, 60, 40. Wow. 70, 30, actual release, a natural event. This guy thought it was a it was a lab leak. And he told this to Fauci in February. And Fauci said nothing. Why? Because Fauci is an evil man. He would rather the world suffer than take responsibility for being a piece of fucking shit. Now you got me swearing. 
Oh, I shouldn't be swearing, but now I did. Sorry uh, for those that were expecting, you know, family-friendly stuff. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm just pissed off. The more information that comes out, the more we learn about who Fauci is, the more frustrated I get over all of this. And then to see Joe Biden come out and say to shut down those who oppose Fauci. Joe Biden is a despicable and evil man as well. I can't stand these, 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 this administration. And you know what? Trump could have stopped it. Trump could have fired Fauci. He could have done it, but he didn't do it because Trump was also feckless. Not in every, in every instance, but seriously, there was that opportunity to get off Twitter, to get on these other platforms, to drive a wedge through the heart of censorship. Trump didn't do it. Trump could have pardoned a bunch of people. He didn't do it. Trump could have fired Fauci. He didn't do it. He could have fired all of these really awful people. Millie, he hired Bolton. So I got my frustrations with that guy too. And now because Trump was too stupid to fire Fauci, here we are with a guy who withheld information, which could have helped end all of this much sooner, who pushes stupid misinformation himself, and then you get the administration calling on big tech to censor anyone who opposes them. And there we go. I can't, man. It's just, it's just insane, isn't it? That they would claim Fauci is the guy we have to listen to. I should, I should slow down. I don't, I don't, again, I want to be overly pessimistic. Scandal ridden CNN sees ratings dive 90% after the 20, after 2021 coverage. I think the reality is people are waking up and that's why Biden's so desperate. So it's frustrating to see them constantly defend these crackpots and these, these bad people. But I think we're winning. I think we are pushing back and I think we're winning. To see CNN's ratings just obliterated. They can't even, they can barely crack six figures in the key demo. I do more than that on these segments. What are they getting, like 73K on some shows and like 100K on others? All right. All right. Maybe I should relax a little bit. Maybe we should say the decline of the narrative is before our eyes. They've gotten everything wrong. They got Russiagate wrong, Ukrainegate wrong, Covington, Jussie Smollett. The list goes on to the stories they got wrong. Don Lemon once asked if, a, if an airplane could have been sucked into a black hole in Earth's atmosphere. Congratulations, CNN. This is what you've become. They're going to say that Lemon, the host of the 10 p.m. show that followed Cuomo before he was fired, faced his own ethics scandal. So we know about all their scandals. Amazing. Yeah, we get it. We get it. Their ratings are in the gutter. It lost 89% of its primetime viewers among its key demographic and 91% of its viewers ages 18 to 49. 91%. Good. So you know what? These big tech companies, fine, censor people, but I tell you this, they're not going to be on your platforms for much longer because people know Fauci's full of it. They know CNN is full of it and they're going to rumble. Right now, many of you guys, you're on YouTube. A lot of people say that, you know, we should move to rumble, but rumble just doesn't have uh, the, the audience yet. We, I do post these videos on rumble. This video will go up on rumble. Some of you may be watching on rumble and other platforms, BitChute, Odyssey, etc. YouTube is still where regular people are. And what's helping expose CNN and Fauci is regular people getting access to videos like this on YouTube. So others have said it's hypocritical to stay on the platform. I'm like, no, look, 
I don't like YouTube. I think their censorship is a problem. They're stifling uh, legitimate conversations, but they're driving a stake into their own heart, and so be it. So be it. In, long enough, in a long enough period of time, they make themselves irrelevant. And already you've got Crowder and many others, Rand Paul, signing up for Rumble and getting way more subscribers than they ever got on YouTube. Good. Good. The narrative is being ripped apart. CNN is faltering. Fauci's lying. And all Joe Biden can do is say, please censor these people. We're desperate. Bye-bye. The establishment is in decay. Now, I don't know what's going to happen after the fact. Something good, maybe? A populist uprising? I have no idea. But I am glad to see that regular people are just rejecting Dr. Fauci's garbage. Dr. Fauci holding up his fire Dr. Fauci garbage. Here's the poll. They say, when it comes to information about COVID, which of the following sources would you say you trust? Dr. Fauci, 30%. Federal health authorities, around 50%. Your doctor. Look at that. 60%. Hey, I like that one. Get a good doctor, mind you. President Biden is less than 20. And the news media, 10%. You love to see it. Isn't this satisfying? Isn't it satisfying to see all this data? The news media looks around like 11 or 12%. That is incredible. That regular people are like, I don't, I don't trust them. Good. You shouldn't. I still use them for a lot of things, mind you, but I got to fact check everything. So I think, I often say the night is always darkest before the dawn. But I think we, we may be actually starting to see the light at the end of that tunnel or the sunrise on the horizon. That people are saying no to this stuff. That Joe Rogan is the most prominent voice and probably the most trusted voice. And he does a good job. Not perfect. Sometimes he lets on shills to talk about what they believe. And you know what? Good. I think he should. And sometimes he brings on real people that, you know, will challenge the establishment in the system. It's, an, it's amazing. Regular people are staring this stuff down and waking up to the lies. That's what we need. So maybe. Maybe we'll see the death throes of the political establishment. I think so. A death rattle. Do you think they'll just go quietly into the night? No. Joe Biden coming out now and saying, please censor this stuff. Please, I beg you. Wow. It's really sad. You got nothing to say, dude. You are a liar. You are duplicitous. Anthony Fauci is, is a disgusting slime ball, and you're losing. And it feels so good to watch it happen. But that doesn't mean that we're, we're, we're going to get out of the forest unscathed. There could be a power vacuum. Something may rise in its stead. People may start fighting. I don't know. Or maybe, strangely, Joe Rogan's getting 11 million people to watch his show on every episode. 11 million. That's bigger than any other, any other show. I wonder if what will really unify this country is Joe Rogan. Not him, just like personally or specifically, for the most part, but just like shows like his. Comedy shows that don't care to play these games, that will challenge the establishment, that regular people will listen to, and they're not going to be believing the likes of Anthony Fauci. But you see why they're so mad at him. You see why they wrote that letter up with, you know, 270 doctors and scientists. It's because Joe Rogan shows the truth. He asks real questions. And then what happens? Ooh, then people start challenging the establishment, questioning Joe Biden, saying they don't like him. They don't like Kamala. They don't like Fauci. Because Joe said, here's something you can look up. Now, I hope we do the same. We, we do something similar with Tim Cast IRL and, and my, my morning show in that 
I, look, you don't have to agree with my opinions. I don't care. But here's the information, I guess. I do think there's major psyops going on. If you look at Reddit, it's funny how Joe Rogan's subreddit hates the man. It's really weird, isn't it? The subreddit for Joe Rogan's show hates him. Now, I'm sure most people, most people don't pay attention to the comments, but you look at the comments and it's all leftists insulting Joe. Really is amazing. And cheering for state propagandists. It's amazing. Well, that's the world we're in. It's all media manipulation, isn't it? Well, there you go. Hopefully, this, this call from Biden backfires. We're already seeing people don't care about Fauci and the mainstream media anyway, so good. Good. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.